Hello and welcome to Purple Glow Pod. I'm your co-host Liv. And I'm Key. And uh, we are here with episode number three. Yes, and on today's episode we'll be talking about basically just what's happening right now in the art world in Toronto and how art events are transitioning due to COVID-19. Yeah, um, but before we get into it, how, how have you been lately? Me? I've been... I've been okay. Um, <laughs> I've been really busy with work. That's it. Mm. I've just been working, honestly. <laughs> How have you been? Um, fine. Uh, online, everybody, I'm learning Italian, if you didn't know. And <laughs> this online course is really, it's both hard and also like the online learning software is actually the worst thing I've ever used. Mm. It's so bad. I can't even, like, they'll ask you, they'll be like, write the Italian word for this object, but it'll be a blurry drawing, so you can't even tell what the object is. Yeah. It's hard to That's get That's unfortunate. Through. But it's keeping yeah. me busy. So. That's good. Um, but the problem is that, like, while we're moving online to these online technologies, instructor instructors aren't um, taught how, not only, like, how to use these technologies, but how learning online is different from learning in person. Mm. So, like, this is a very bad example and a very, like, simple one but my teacher will be like everybody in our you know over 50 person class turn on your mics and say this word at once while it may be in like a classroom setting it would make sense for you to go like everybody repeat after me Mm -hmm. you can't do that online um so there needs to be like a new method it might not be like a one-for-one substitution but you know we need to not only give teachers tools to teach but tools to know how like how to give information online ugh yeah no I'd be interested in in seeing I for sure think that curriculum for teachers people who are in school to be teachers now is going to change because of everything Mm -hmm. so that we can be better prepared in the future so I'd be interested to hear about like what school looks like for them and if they're now being taught how to teach in a virtual space just in case but I also hope that this all doesn't lead to people thinking it's okay to have virtual classes and that's it because I know mm-hmm. that was something you know Doug Ford was trying to push well, I think- and a lot of people are all for but mm-hmm. like it doesn't work for everyone yeah and if anything I think online classes are maybe showing people that like maybe the future isn't all online for learning yeah. because it's really yeah. difficult um, yeah. and, but it has its benefits like excellent for people who need like accessibility help like I think in the future this is kind of turning into like an education podcast, but you know, almost <laughs> done. I think in the future it would be nice if lectures were recorded like they are, and people from who could only attend from home were had the like ability to participate from home, um, by like virtually raising their hand and, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's definitely not for everybody. No, but yeah, potentials to open up the access- accessibility sphere, and that's promising. Definitely, I think that that could be said for for everything. It's it's a potential for all industries to just learn how to open up to other spheres and and some people were prepared to move things move their businesses online and some weren't and so yeah yeah everyone says like the future is online but like maybe not 100% of that future like everyone thought no for sure not all right well why don't we start the first part of the podcast but uh we wanted to start off with the big piece of news i'm sure most of you have heard about this week um that big van gogh exhibit uh that's going into the one young building uh mm-hmm. was supposed to open may 1st obviously did not but they are planning to open i believe uh beginning of june mid-june yeah june um, 
into a drive-in gallery version. So um, b- before it was set up so that uh, oh, so, so if you don't know what it is, it's like a it's An a live exhibit. Yeah, immersive Van Gogh exhibit. They bought the rights to over I read this online. They bought the rights to over 400 works from museums, so costly. Um, wow. And you walk in and there's projections and it's not just looking at his artwork like you get immersed in like it's like a storytelling um, like a new kind of storytelling to his works. Um, but obviously, yeah. you know, people can't just like roam free right <laughs> now. Um, not not allowed. So uh, what they're doing is people can drive in their vehicles, park, and then watch a 35-minute show, which is quite different from the original plan. But I suppose it was very expensive for them to get the space and the rights and, and all that. Yeah. No, I think that's very cool and interesting. And I'm I'm happy that they... I'm sure it was a lot of hard work, but I'm happy that they found a way to still have the exhibit go on because already the exhibit was quite innovative mm-hmm. in a technology sense. You know, there's going to be film at the exhibit and music, and it really is already without everything going on and it becoming a drive-in exhibit, something that hasn't really been done before. So it is very cool, yeah. It was, you know, bound to be... I mean, not that it's not a great exhibit, right now but it was bound to be really great so it's too bad that mm-hmm. it's all been you know pushed back mm-hmm, um, for sure but I'm i was sure really excited to see it a cool experience mm-hmm. and they um, say like by july they plan to have it back to walking um oh that's cool inside. i was wondering too because mm-hmm. i can't remember the exact dates off of the top of my head that this drive-in exhibit will be running and the exact number of cars allowed the capacity oh, because they're down. 14 yeah there is 14 which to me didn't seem like a lot and it's only mm-hmm. running for a short period of time. So I was thinking it's unfortunate that a lot of people are going to probably miss out on this because tickets are going to become sold out. They're probably going to be quite yeah. expensive and they can only have a certain amount of people in at a time. Well, apparently so. if people were walking, they could fit 700 people, which seems like wow. a lot. Like, <laughs> I, although I don't, so Kiara and I, a couple of years ago, um, I mean, more you than me, worked yeah. at the <laughs> Toronto, Toronto Men's Fashion, Fashion Week. Week yeah. um, and it was at One Young. One Young, yeah. Um, and it was a large space and, like, very versatile. But I don't remember it being that. Like, I'm just trying to imagine the way they're setting up the exhibit. And unless it was, like, one big open room, which I don't think it is, I just don't see how they can cram 700 people in. No, it was quite large. It may not have seemed quite large because mm. there was the runway part and then we had like the backstage part yeah. for the tech crew. But then remember there's there was the whole like party room. Yeah. With maybe, all the food yeah. stands. Maybe I'm just so remembering think, it wrong. But I was yeah. just thinking like there were a lot of people there, but they were all sitting to watch like a fashion show. And what I understood was like you would roam around the Van Gogh space and you would like mm-hmm. lie down and like look up. And I just, I know, I wasn't sure how that would pan out. Um, but I mean, yeah. anyway, now I don't think they could fit in 700 people, if, even if they wanted to. I don't think they'd be allowed to. <laughs> and no, for sure. They would not. I um, almost bought a ticket, too, for my birthday, but I held off. Oh, really? I, was like, I don't know what the deal's going to be in on my birthday. I, I'm i thinking of buying a ticket. Yeah. But do you know how, how much they are? That's that's my fear. Well, they, they like... vary. So actually, okay. here, the pricing for the car is $100 per car, and that covers two people. Yeah. And then if you want to have additional people in the car, they're $45 each, which that part I don't understand. Like, oh, wow. Like, why, okay. why not have like a flat fee for a car? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Or like up to like a maximum of four, like really a maximum of two. Yeah. That seems. I guess they have low. to also try to promote 
and emphasize social distancing in any way they can. So by adding a fee for more than two people, it encourages people Mm-hmm. to you know keep but I'm numbers just imagining, down like most like if there are any households that want to come see you, this they have yeah. to pay like 200 bucks for you know like two parents two kids or whatever your makeup is of the family yeah. i don't know it seems a little crazy and i mean like if other people don't sit in the car then you're just wasting like a whole car space for only two people like I don't yeah know. But, but already but they expensive. can only fit a certain amount of cars in there what yeah. i do like though when i first heard of their new drive-in adaptation of the exhibit is i love the retro idea of a drive-in yeah when i when i hear drive-in i just think of a drive-in movie which there's kind of a romantic notion to that yeah exactly and speaking of that in august we're also going to be having a drive-in concert so just outside of toronto july talk july talk will be hosting a like drive-in yeah a drive-in concert just outside of Toronto so you can go and you can listen to music and enjoy the band from the safety of your own car wow and yeah I believe it's happening August 12th and 13th um exciting the nice. exact location like has concerts yeah have been canceled for sure for sure there. for sure I'm interested also to see how that will work out mm-hmm. <laughs> having a concert from your car it for sure Everything that's going on is totally going to change the entire art viewing experience. Yes. Because art is quite an intimate thing and part of viewing art is the experience of being around the being around others who are viewing it as well and feeling yes. connected to them. So this separation of being in your car definitely is going to change the experience and I'm very interested to see how artists are going to kind of grapple with that and still Mm -hmm. keep things intimate yeah Yeah. I always this is a very specific example to dance but you know performing in a studio theater of I had the wonderful opportunity of doing that in high school studio theater that can only fit like 30 people Um, it's a very intimate setting and it changes the energy versus you know going to perform on a big stage for an audience of hundreds of people like it's a different feel um your dancing changes the audiences feel differently about the pieces you could do the same piece in different spaces and they're obviously going to feel very very different Mm -hmm. so yeah it's we can't discount um how environment changes an artwork and yeah very excited to see where where people are going to go with all this change for sure and not even just excited to see. I'm also curious to see if this is going to totally change how people go about planning what they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. Artists, just because everything is so up in the air right now, and and even though we are slowly starting to reopen as a province, it's still unsure of when things are going to happen and what's going to be allowed. So I'm very curious to see if artists are just going to start preparing for the worst that we're not going to be able to have shows or exhibits for a really long time and start creating specifically for virtual spaces for online in ways where you don't need to be physically in a space to Mm -hmm. present your art. Well, that's a great segue for the next topic of, um, you know, how institutions and exhibitions have moved online. Um, Let's take a short break first, though, because my foot's really falling asleep. (laughs) Okay. Okay, we're back. Back from our break. 
Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about how uh, galleries, institutions, exhibitions are moving online now to showcase art. So the first thing I did actually was check to see what the AGO was doing. So I remember receiving some emails from them. Um, oh, well, for one, actually, they extended my membership. So they sent me an email saying that once they open up again, um, my membership will just like get tacked on those months that like I didn't get to go. Oh, that, in. So that's, that's very fortunate because actually talking about that, my my mom and I had got my grandparents a TIFF membership for Christmas, oh. um, which included like free access to some movies as well as special access to events and parties. And they contacted TIFF to see if the membership would be extended because obviously no events or things are going on. And TIFF apparently has partnered up with some streaming service and are streaming films there. And they said oh. they won't extend the membership and just watch, they'll give them access to this streaming service and they can watch films through there, which I think is kind of not the same at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm torn. Like the thing is, as somebody who has very little money, like, yes, I like to get the most out of my memberships. Um, but I also do feel bad for these institutions that rely on the money they receive from memberships and donations. Um, so they kind of do need to, like, keep those, I guess. But, like, at the... are you wearing string on your earbuds? The either Allen's. It's, like, I don't know. They look strange. Sorry, that was a total... <laughs> Distraction. That really confused me. <laughs> um... I don't even know what I was saying. Oh, yeah, Tiff money for the arts. Money, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm torn on that one. Yeah, yeah I, I do understand institutions needing the money, but it, it also is kind of you have to also remember your customers who are loyal, loyal to you and who did buy into these memberships and were looking forward to what came along with the memberships. And it is nice that they are offering this alternative of being able to stream films online, but the other things that were a part of the membership that they're not going to be able to do, you'd think that, Maybe they it could be extended for once yeah. things do reopen. But yeah. Well, like one thing my dance company do did, uh, like regarding people who bought tickets for our show, uh, we told people like they were welcome to ask for refunds, but we like kindly suggested and asked that they leave at least a portion of their tickets as a donation, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people did. I mean, the people who could afford to, I think in general did, and anyone who really needed their money back asked for it back. So I thought it was a good compromise situation because we really did rely on people's um ticket purchases to keep us going but we do understand that we didn't give them the show so you know we gave both for options. sure for sure if there was something like that that would be for sure nice. and that's the thing my, my grandparents i'm speaking specifically of them but they're not even asking for their money back they like they just want an extension they just want an extension so they'll be able to once things reopen go enjoy tiff yeah in the way that the membership allowed Maybe there could be some, like, like optional extension or, like, yeah. discounted future yeah, yeah. extension. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, but I know it is hard for, for companies to make these quick decisions. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. also that, that side of it. The um, one thing yeah. the AGO is doing is they're doing this thing that they're calling, like, AGO from home. The ROM is doing a similar thing, ROM from home. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of mo- a lot of galleries are. Mm-hmm, where they're just putting out, like, online content. Mm-hmm, virtual um, tours yeah it was some of them were interesting i know the ago has a couple like uh create at home kind of videos which i thought was really cool um and like talks and they do a q a on oh wait maybe i'm mixing it up the rom does a q a on instagram <laughs> um once a week there's this one at the rom where they have a section of like 
here are videos on like how to create things so I clicked on one of them and it was actually just kind of like a tutorial on how to explore the woods oh they were like you know go to a forest take a notebook and document like plants and take photos <laughs> and then go home and make sure you don't have any tick bites that was literally the step it's an step. important one <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, which is nice. I mean, it's nice that they're encouraging us to connect with our environment and with our species. I haven't checked out any of the virtual galleries yet, but I do think it is awesome because it's not just here in Toronto where that's being done. It's galleries all around the world. So Mm -hmm. maybe some, a gallery or museum that you've wanted to visit and you don't have the finances to travel to there, or you just haven't been there now is a great opportunity because you can still get to see it from home. Yeah. Well, the ROM does have on their website like a like a Google walkthrough of the First Peoples exhibition and I think also maybe the Art in Canada exhibition, but I'm not I can't remember exactly. Um which was cool. But I found that going on Google Arts and Culture was actually a lot better. I went on yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I went on that as they've well. got a lot of virtual tours of of galleries and they've got a much more user-friendly setup for exploring Mm. artworks and finding out about them they've got uh cool things where they'll put out articles where you can go deep dive you can take deep dives into famous paintings like really zoom zoom in on details learn about the painter and the objects in the painting and i really enjoy their like interface their like user experience um makes it more than just staring at a picture of a piece of art at home Mm -hmm. which i think some of these other galleries are lacking in but I do know it's it's difficult to put all this time and energy to move things online um, especially when you weren't expecting to so mm-hmm. or don't have the financial backing to as well yeah, because it does involve money, money to do people. that yeah the resources yeah. Uh, and of yeah. course Google does <laughs> and I know we've been talking a lot about visual art but these kind of virtual shows aren't just happening with the visual arts they're happening with mm-hmm. everything there have been virtual concerts, DJs have been getting online to host kind of little dance parties. There has been stand-up shows online. I'm not sure if there have been dance shows online, but there definitely have in the dance world, there has been a huge surge of accessible virtual classes to take mm-hmm. dance. And so... Well, I know a, a lot of companies are also streaming past works. Oh, yes, um, that is true, which is which awesome. Is nice, yeah. yeah. If you didn't get to see it in the past. And so obviously nothing can equate to real life experience or real life connection, but it mm-hmm. is awesome that we have this platform to still be able to access all of these different works right now. Um yeah. And especially right now to keep us entertained, art really is healing. So it's it's awesome that that's happening. I did check out uh Casaloma. Um because mm. I read an article that said they have some virtual experiences going on and they don't have anything. Um maybe they don't have it up yet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. They did have this video that the, that um it was like a promo video for their last march break exhibit which was called imagine dragons not the band band but um <laughs> just a dragon medieval fairy tale type exhibit um they do a, a lot strange. of mystical they mystical. do they really they really, is that the word like magical magical yeah fairy tale like things they, yeah they really lean into that kind yeah. of fa- fantasy i mean i guess it goes with the whole castle facade yeah i mean it was just a castle that like a kind of rich guy tried to build and then never finished 
it is it is a great place that like it is a great cultural hub in the city a lot of things do go on there yeah they do host a lot of events Mm -hmm. if the actual goes on there place itself is somewhat and actually this is so off topic now but actually this past halloween they had kind of like a haunted house show that you could buy tickets for and it was kind of like a walk through haunted house but i thought it was really cool because they actually hired a bunch of actors and dancers oh to be a part of this like interactive halloween show like a site specific um like acting dance show where you like can walk around the space and people are like dancing and acting around you there there we have that in toronto not a permanent one not a permanent one, but it's a reoccurring one. It's a company that does it every yeah. year. There's I a can't couple remember the that name do of them it. All over the place. I, yeah, I had auditioned for it earlier this year. Yeah. I'm assuming their, their it's, show it's has been like, canceled. It's a very New York phenomenon that we're kind of yeah. Sleep no more for yeah, sure. Sleep no more, and then like sure. the Alice in Wonderland one. But I also think it's a great pheno- phenomenon, especially because they usually take place in abandoned buildings, and mm-hmm. in Toronto we have so so much architecture that either is currently not being used or has been abandoned and mm-hmm. it I believe it's a there great was even one at, at part of the Campbell house I might be mm. making this up but I think there was one there um and so I love it when we yeah when we make use of these historical spots um for more than just their like historic value you add on like artistic value mm-hmm. and it's a mm-hmm. great collaboration of different mm-hmm. parts of arts and culture for sure and also using them for more than just tearing down and building up yeah so (laughs) that's also great I do remember what I was gonna say and this is kind of touching on our our last podcast on arts education there have been a lot of institutions that are offering online and virtual virtual like art exhibits that are immersive um, that teach you how to do things or use art to help you learn about things specifically geared towards families and kids so for example Brickworks Evergreen Brickworks is offering a whole bunch of virtual like learning experiences making art with kids while at the same time teaching them about nature teaching them about gardening and using art to do that and I think that's super awesome especially right now which we talked about in our last podcast but kids are obviously home from school right now Mm -hmm. online learning doesn't work for all kids and now is a great time to learn in different ways and it's great that kids are going to be able to have these resources to learn in ways they may not have learned at school. And especially if they, again, something we touched on in our last podcast, but especially if they go to schools that don't have the funding to yeah. support the arts in those schools, they're mm-hmm. now getting the chance to do that from home. And I think that's great. Yeah, it's amazing. It's another one of our silver linings, I guess, right now is giving students um, you know, new opportunities to learn new things. Yeah. Um, in addition to, to the, you know, emotional growth of surviving a pandemic. Yeah. Um, maybe surviving is kind of a negative word, but <laughs> <laughs> the emotional growth of learning you know, how to how to live or do life. Yeah. Learning how to live through a pandemic. I mean, adults are learning. Children's are children. Yeah. <laughs> children, children are learning. We're all learning how to survive. Yeah, we're all the whole world is kind of in the, the same boat right now which is kind that's of what's humbling. fascinating yeah um the the whole globe is experiencing the same thing it's humbling and it's frightening and um again we always go back to this but hopefully we can as a globe as a 
as the earth as a, what am i trying to say as the earth as, as the earth as the entire planet uh we can learn how to use the arts to cope to grow to learn to come together to stay together to stay sane to educate as well to educate yeah to anything yeah the arts the arts are really super versatile and useful and i think that's really being seen right now so that is a that's a good thing <laughs> so we're gonna talk a little bit about ideas for the future where we go from here um I mean, for one, if I think what a lot of people are saying right now is that pandemics like this might happen again in the future. Um, even if we return to like some level of normalcy, um, we need to be prepared for, you know, another shutdown. Um, so I guess just getting if the arts in- institutions can get some kind of action plan or, you know, improve their online presence, um, mm-hmm. even just for the sake of improving their online presence for sure that might be somewhere to go next when things open up having an online presence is super valuable it makes things it makes art more accessible Mm -hmm. and i don't think that when the world reopens that we should abandon what has been created during this time all these online relationships and connections um but i do see things going two ways i do either see there being like great excitement that things are opening and people wanting to put shows on and exhibits on right away but I also do see it could go Mm -hmm. the other way where people are there's a fear we've been inside for so long and it's gotten to the point where I think being around other people it's unfortunate to say is going to feel new and awkward and I think because of that it is going to be slow going to get people to go out again to galleries and shows because of that fear mm-hmm. yeah i can definitely see see it going those two ways um you know i think in mm-hmm. the end they might actually end up kind of canceling each other out because you've got a lot of people that are afraid to go outside and then you've got a lot of people who are itching to go outside and really could care less about um laws or yeah we definitely are or they're, they're just you know they're stir crazy. We're all stir crazy right now. Yeah. But you've got people who are more stir crazy than they're afraid. So yeah, it'll... yeah. I mean, who knows? Well, that's the thing too. No one really knows what the future is. But as you said, no, yeah, like not it's not time to be scrapping the online stuff we have created and learned. For sure. And um, not even just not scrapping it, but using it and using this whole experience that we've had. And all artists learning how to create in a pandemic and learning how to still connect with your audiences through a pandemic, using all of that and incorporating incorporating it moving forward in everything you do. Because I, I not only think it's a great tool and a great platform, but I also think that it can enrich how we make art. Just it, it's this whole situation has caused people to use their creativity to come up with ideas they wouldn't have come up with otherwise and I think that's something we should hold on to and remember and continue as we go as we move forward and we can still incorporate virtual things into every show that we do we can still incorporate doing online music or concerts we can still incorporate these ideas Mm -hmm. yeah I think there might be um a wish a tendency to forget the past few months um because obviously there were a dark time people 
are not the most mentally healthy right now. Um, but it might, yeah, as you said, it, it, there's benefits to re reflecting and remembering the things that you learned about yourself and about your art practice during this time. And to, um, you know, yeah, like maybe take notes um, or just meditate on how, how you worked through things during this time. <laughs> Write an essay, I don't know. Um, and yeah, like reflect and, and find ways to actively take things that you learned and implement them into your Yeah, your definitely pull from this experience. Definitely. And again, it is a traumatic experience and we're all going to heal in different ways. And for some of us, maybe that is shutting it out for a while. But I do think it's something that shouldn't be shut out forever. And that there's so there's so much that can be pulled from this experience as an artist. So definitely look at it as as like material. Look at it as material <laughs> for for your art and ideas, because there, there's a lot here. That we and can I do predict from. a lot of works in the future. Oh, for sure. Being about the shutdown about the crisis yeah. for sure for a sure. lot of art comes from pain a lot of art comes from joy as well but i think also a lot of art I comes from most pain. art comes from from pain. depends on the person but yeah yeah um oh something you also oh ouch something you also touched on um is how moving things to a virtual space makes them more accessible and that's one thing that i'm a huge um fan of making mm -hmm. art more accessible making opening up art to a larger audience and by putting art into theaters and into galleries sometimes we close the doors to who mm -hmm. can experience it who can learn about it um and as we all know the internet is is a great um barrier breaker in that regard um many people have access to the internet um i'm not going to say all because not everybody does mm -hmm. obviously but it does it does open up who could experience art and well it also i think maybe um part of what bothered me about the art that's coming online right now is like it doesn't feel like it's trying to change to to reach out to new audiences mm. um so i'd love to see art make take a transformation even from what it is right now online to reach out to people who were previously maybe not interested or weren't aware of of any interest being possible definitely there are definitely audiences where in moving things online you just have opened up your audience so mm -hmm. trying to reach out to them is definitely an awesome thing to think about yeah, yeah. i feel like a lot of people also don't appreciate art and not even there are some people who just don't go to galleries and maybe now moving things online will encourage them to view art like some people just mm -hmm. don't like going out to shows or going out to a gallery it's not something they want to be doing but maybe being able to do it at home is mm -hmm. the push that they need to interact with art so well also I do think there's also this um there's this like idea that art is like like going to a gallery is like a like a stiffy thing I yeah don't know it is it, it is but no, yeah it's pretentious like, it's pretentious everyone you know ponders paintings and they go like mm, yes the blues um blues. And literally the blues <laughs> the blues and just by posting a picture online i don't think that's enough i think it would be excellent to make online galleries more interactive than they are right now and then i think and, and I don't know, I don't know what the next steps are, but I, I want to change the way people 
look at viewing art. It's not this like stiff, pretentious thing that only people wearing elbow pads and professor glasses can do in a gallery. I want people, everyone to feel welcome to it. Maybe that's the word. I want everyone to feel welcome to it. Um, and to gain something from it. Yeah. To, to, no, I definitely agree with you. And I feel like that's that's what even just Purple Glow Mag is about. Mm-hmm. I think there are different ways of viewing art. And a lot of people view art as it is just going and looking at a painting and just going and watching a movie or going and seeing a show and not taking anything from it. And I think mm-hmm. that by creating dialogue about art we can talk about its cultural importance we can talk about how it impacts us and politics and society and yeah I do definitely think that or hope that art spaces can become more welcoming in that way so people who are a little turned off by the idea of art can maybe become turned on to it and and realize what can be gained from it all right well I think that's a good place to end Um, (laughs) if you liked what you listened to today make sure to subscribe it's very important Um, leave us a review share with your friends share with your friends send it to a friend give us a follow on Instagram Facebook YouTube Spotify give us a follow, like, and or subscribe on the platform of your choosing yeah and if you have any ideas or things you want us to talk about in the future on this podcast. Also, you can reach out and let us know about yeah, that. Yeah, put a comment on a post, send us a DM. There's also always a form on our website um, where you can send in ideas. And we really need them, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> our brains are running out of things. It's just us too. <laughs> Even if you have you're something you're itching to say and want to jump on here, you know we'll take you just the idea we'll take you we'll listen to you that's that's what we're here to do and just stay purple and glowing <laughs>